are now listening to United 96 Podcast on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. RFK, sorry, uh, United 96 here on the RFK Refugees Podcast Network. This is a preview. Ted here. John here. Oh my man. Oh my goodness. Uh we're we're here to we're here to be your uh to be your guides here. Uh your we, we are here. Sit up up hit us up on, on Twitter. Well too late now, we're already recording. But please let us know how you're feeling. We hope you're doing well. We hope you guys are are recovering after another really awful defeat. Before we get into that, John, how you doing, my friend? How was your weekend? Uh, it was not great, but you know, uh, I, not even just life, not even soccer stuff. So, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was, you said, it was that, no, that's me. I'm sorry. All that noise is me. I apologize. Twitch. I was trying to get on Twitch and there was just some, anyway, yeah, no, <laughs> the soccer wasn't good, but also, uh, everything else was also similarly disappointing. So we're not, we're, it's onward and upward. All things, all things on the better today. I can't, I can't complain too much about yourself. Yeah. By the way, folks, we know um, we should say for the for the live stringers that are joining us, you might be wondering where all the pop and circumstance <laughs> and everything else is. Uh, we are, we are going back to the old ways. Uh, unfortunately, producer Brian could not be here uh, to grace us with his presence and his awesome producer work that he does behind the scenes for a so. good reason too. Producer Brian is getting. Uh, he he had he had some house troubles and the house troubles are getting remedied now so he'll finally go back to not living i think he didn't have like his refrigerator didn't work something crazy yeah but now he's back to now he's back to action so that's good back back, back to action back to action so yes very very hope, hopefully all his will be resolved and he will be able to to return to us um but my, my weekend was uh was was okay sporting wise not great i mean obviously uh i watched my uh but now Bundesliga team, formerly two Bundesliga team, FC Heidenheim, blow a two goal lead, uh, which maybe was a harbinger of things to come uh, for my sports teams. I thought it, I thought it was going to get really bad too when when Liverpool went down one nothing to Newcastle, but then they managed to rally their way back for a two win oh, victory. You knew being a fan of a, a recently promoted team was going to give you <laughs> some heartache, and it, it, yeah. they're doing it. Yeah, it's you know it comes with the territory. I'm also a fan of DC United, and that's also similarly giving me. Plenty of heartaches and plenty of plenty of terrible feelings, but um, let's uh, let's get right into it, John. I, I think without uh, without further ado, um, let's uh, let's jump right into it. Let's talk about DC. United. I don't think we have any other like news and notes we need to touch or anything like that. Oh, other DC. than DC United is worth seven hundred million dollars and is the like its top five most valuable franchise. I think number four. Again, uh, you probably all saw this. This article gets written every year. It usually is pretty crazy. However, normally I will tell you the sports valuations are baloney. Um, but that valuation is mostly about the real estate surrounding Audi Field and the and the ownership groups somehow finesse of getting that getting those rights out of the city uh, when the stadium was built. So I would I would maybe trust those numbers. I would say that if you, I wouldn't necessarily call it DC United is worth seven hundred million dollars, but DC United Holding Company is probably definitely worth seven hundred million dollars. But yeah, um, and apparently they want to just forgo all that and move to Baltimore. If you believe some of the random rumors you've been hearing over the side, which by the way, guys, um, I, I I won't say I won't say I guess my, my sources is not exciting or anything like that. Is maybe uh, some of what you might have heard. 
Uh, but I have I have kind of asked around a little bit to, to some other people, and uh, the, the story is not true. If you read it uh, from a certain random anonymous poster, uh, no, they they the money too big, and it, it's it's almost a ridiculous concept in general to think they're doing that. Now I have heard that they are planning on moving uh, youth academies as well as an MLS next team out there. Um, so that'll be interesting to watch, I guess. How how much of their youth academy is moving to Baltimore? They have basically, and and the reason behind that, of course, is they've seceded that territory to Philly. So, um, yeah. But don't believe everything you read. <laughs> the, other, the other bit of news and notes that I want to make sure that I remedy because we we trafficked in rumor last week about uh, Miami, the Inter Miami game potentially not being included in the season ticket yes. package. I don't want. I don't want to claim the power. Of the fact that there was an email that went out from Danita <laughs> Johnson the next week, uh, because we potentially shared some incorrect information, I don't want to claim that that's what happened. It's certainly possible, though. If you think, <laughs> if you look at the the news landscape covering this team, uh, the Miami game will be included in your ticket package if you're a season ticket holder, and it will be at Audi Field. It will not be at FedEx Field. It will be at Audi Field. You will also get an opportunity to get a premium uh, friendly. Which does not, which means not Real Betis, or or like you know pick pick random uh, team that we've been facing the last couple of years, probably Audi also. Uh, so that's good. That means you can still buy your season tickets and then probably make seventy five percent of it back on scalping your Inter Miami game. So yeah, that's yeah, good we'll news. See, we'll see where that game is. I think we've heard some talk about it possibly being moved, um, but it sounds like it still be a part of the, the email. The email specifically says oh, it will be at Audi Field. Gotcha. So. That's one thing I could see. I don't know if I, I, I buy that they're including the ticket package. I could see them maybe looking to. Uh, maybe. Look, all look I can say, up. all I can say is that we've reported a rumor and then less than five days later, there was a <laughs> deny or denial from the highest ranks of, uh, of, of these United business case. I, I hope it's how you feel. I think it would be cool to have that many people. That would mm-hmm. be the most, the most crazy fan experience at Audi field since the playoff game. So yeah, might be worth going. I would probably sell the tickets. I would, I would like to have otherwise free season tickets for DC United, so I probably would sell them if I had them. But yeah, I want to get to maybe a question from Mr. Gregory Cotton. Audi Field was outdated when it opened. How long before they try to build a new season, either sooner, sooner, soon, or never? I would say very much close to never. Um, I think they've already discussed. I believe Pablo has dropped. They're looking at expansions uh, to twenty four thousand seats. I I say the outdatedness of the stadium maybe comes from some of the things they had to cut when they were trying to rush to open it. Um, I think there are plenty of things you could do with that stadium to modernize it, to make it better um, fully. You could, I think you could easily fully roof it. You could get a, an actual roof on either ends. And also uh, the scoreboard up on the North end, I think is something I would expect to come based on what space is there. Um, so plenty of, plenty of things. I don't think that stadium, I don't think calling it out an outdated stadium is in my opinion, um, a, a little, a little bare bit bones. over the top. Bare bones is certainly fair. I bare think, bones, I, yeah. I think Erector Set Stadium, which many people call it, is it's not quite Crew Stadium, but it it also it is. I think Pablo really hits this frequently whenever he goes to other stadiums. Like it is for sure the most boring new stadium in the league, and it's not close. Like that is that is mm-hmm. almost inarguable, and there are good reasons for that. Yeah, and there's you know a million excuses that are that are valid and true for that, but from an aesthetic. And future perspective, undeniable. It is. It yeah. is just the facts. I will say that DC Audi Field was included. So in the last, I don't know, I think two weeks, there was an article I saw in the Post about uh, the mayor of DC, Mayor, mayor Bowser, put together a 
committee to look at upgrades to all of the sports stadiums in the city. And Audi Field was included in that list. And the, the group was to, to figure out what city money should go to making upgrades and refurbishments to the stadiums that are in the city. Clearly, that is mostly about the RFK site and trying to figure out what that is. But it's also about, uh, what is the name? of It used to be the Verizon Center. Uh, I think it's still Capital the- One, Capital One Arena. Yeah, Capital One Arena. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm old. I call it used to be <laughs> MCI Center and then it was the Verizon Center. So anyway, that stadium where the Caps and the Wizards play, that is in need of major, major, major upgrades and repair. Um, I would say more seats too, because Caps tickets are a bazillion dollars because there aren't enough seats. Um, but- so, but how do you feel is included in that, even though they were new? I don't know what might come out of that honeypot for for Audi Field, but it's certainly something to be talked about. I mean, there, there's, I mean, there's plenty of things you could look at if you, I mean, the easement was the big thing. I think you could look to renovate some other things. I, I don't agree. I mean, I, I, I will say yes, maybe somewhere in between crew. I actually, honestly, I get a lot of the vibe when I go to it that I went when I went to Rio Tinto. Um, a little bit more space, obviously, but kind of very basic, um, not a whole lot. Just without the beautiful mountains in the background. Yeah, uh, no, no. we got the Capitol buildings, which is that's true. Not, I would go. Not, with, I would prefer mountains, personally. Yeah, personally, me too. All right, guys, we're avoiding it. We should just jump right into it. Um, we should jump right into talking. This is about a feature it. of 2023. I think if you go back and listen to our shows post DC United Games, we're like, you know, what about let's talk about art. What do you think about art? What's your favorite <laughs> school of art? Yeah. But I mean, to answer your question, to, to sort of go back to your question, really answer it. Uh, it's it's way too soon. Maybe 20, 30 years from now, we'll, we'll hear some talk. But I think right now for the foreseeable future um, until possibly the heat death of the earth. Uh, when Olivia has taken over my spot on the show as, as, a, as a legacy, uh, then then they'll be considering a new stadium. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Pretty much. All right, let's talk about it. DC United 3-1 loss uh, to Philadelphia. Th- this was a game I think we all kind of looked at and we said, well, okay, in – you look at the, where these teams are in the standings. You look at their history. You look at everything else. You would say, well, maybe D, you know DC has no shot here. They're they're going to get killed in this game. But then you look at the past two performances. Um, I I have sort of thought about this game. I have compressed this game. Um, I had yes, the the individual mistakes were bad. We'll get into those. But I also think Wayne Rooney. In my opinion, this is the first time. I think one of the first, one of the few times, or really one of the only. Only times I can sort of directly point at him and say, you overthought this game. You overmanaged it. You tried to, I think, pull a surprise or a, you tried to pull a surprise or a fast one <clears throat> on, uh, on the uh, Philadelphia coach, uh, Jim Curtin. And it failed miserably and it failed horribly. Uh, this team was completely, not just past the individual mistakes, just in the attack, they looked weak. Uh, he tried to shoehorn Chris Durkin into a right wing back. Um, Chris Durkin gets a lot of criticism. I think his criticism is because he is horribly misplayed, horribly mismanaged on this roster. He's being asked to do things that are not in his skill set, that are not in his his skill tree. Um, and I think he suffers because of that. I don't know why you would think Chris Durkin at right wing back is going to be able to get into the attack and contribute uh there were a couple times he looked like i think one time he got the ball and literally just kind of tripped over it i mean it's just not his skill set to be in that he he can shoot the ball like he can get the ball and he can crack a shot from you know several feet out but that's when he's playing in the center when he's you know sort of comfortable in that sort of destroyer role um to me that was a massive mistake and also of course the sod 
uh, starting over Tegu Di Pietro. For right now, I will say, okay, maybe Tegu Di Pietro is not, not fit. Um, but if Wayne Rooney's saying, no, 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 I like Emil Assad over Tegu Di Pietro, then I have to ask what he's watching right now. Um, th- those were kind of, the to me, the biggest egregious mistakes that I think Wayne Rooney made. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way, John, or, or what you thought about. Yeah, except the, the lineup was the lineup. I think they're... I think he probably wants to leave Ted to sort of uh, earn earn his minutes back, basically after being out injured for a while. I think he did very quickly. We'll talk yeah. about that. Um, yeah, and I think we talked about Chris Durkin a lot this season about what is his best position and why is he whatever it is he's not playing it. He's playing every other position than that, uh, and it's it's to his detriment. I think that this to to empathize with Wayne a little bit. Uh, the wing, the wingback situation is just a dumpster fire uh, all over the place. Injuries that have occurred. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, we, we should add uh, Andy Nahar not on the injury list, but did not make the 18 for this game. He was called up by the Nash's on oh, Honduras okay. national team. I don't oh, know if okay. that is why, but he was, and he, I think he's reporting. So either way, uh, that's something I, I, you mentioned, I think on Twitter, like this team needs to think about what they're going to do with Andy Nahar next year about the, his lack of availability. And I think we, when we, when we did our roster breakdown, we said, keep him on the team. Cause he's not making enough money to, to have to be cleared for that reason. But certainly you have to plan around him not being there ever, which is, which is what it's turning into. I, I think that the, this, I predicted a three, nothing loss before the game. Um, I just thought that you know we we played them so well both times on the both times on the road right we played them mm-hmm. twice and you know I, the the luck had to run out eventually I think this the real struggle here is that even if the defense held again we're still not creating offensive no. chances the way we need to I, I said before if if Benteke doesn't score this team is just moribund this team cannot this team will not get points it just won't happen you know wounder goals aside by 80th minute substitutes uh this is this is a real 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 problem and it's not one that's going to get solved this year i don't think yeah i mean this i mean to me it it just kind of feels like when you watch this team into attack they kind of they almost get an opportunity to maybe go quickly or to hit quickly on a counter and then they kind of stop and they play it around. They find either Santos or um, or in this case, Durkin all the way on the right side. They play a listless ball over the top to try to find Benteke. It's not accurate. Um, the whole attack just looks looks very out of sync. And I guess my part of my frustration is if you're going to be a direct, if you're going to be a team that's going to play direct, then you need to play quickly because if you're slow in playing direct, then you're going to be there's a higher chance you're going to be very predictable. And, you know, I, I think they improved in the second half again. They were down three nothing. So, you know, I think Philly kind of sat in a little more comfortably. I think they brought in Ruan, who I think brings that directness and that quickness sort of to get out wide more than Durkin did. And I think it sort of gave Philly a little bit, some, a few more problems. It, they sort of, I think they adjusted a little bit too to try to get back into the game, obviously pushing up higher. Um, Pirani, I thought was solid again. I thought he showed again, some bright spots. I think for him, it's just a matter of, I think the biggest, his biggest detriment right now is he seems like he's there because he's a very skilled player and, and you kind of have to put him in there and you can see his skill. The problem is it's like, 
I'm not sure what he's being told as far as what his role is connecting with his teammates. It's it's really why I want to get a guy like Ted Cudi Pietro out there because I think they can develop. They play roles that that I think they could see sort of eye to eye and maybe create some more question marks and some headaches that would then open up a Benteke because that's really the problem right now. And Benteke should have had a goal. He had a he had a, a cross in the back net. He gets that header. Um, DC go on a run. They get a goal. Maybe they you know see themselves back into this game. So. And that's typical, right? I mean, that's not, it's not, he's not been getting the, the number of chances he was earlier in the season, but he still gets one or two a game that he could very reasonably convert, and he's not. Yeah. Well, RJR has almost. a lot of questions here, and I think I want to get, I think they're, you know, we can walk through the game and what happened in the sub patterns, and the, we can do all that, and we will. Uh, but I think there are larger questions here about mm-hmm. formation choice and player selection that I think are probably more interesting. Um, RJ RNDC says with Victor Paulson gone, should DC look to go back to a back four personally would rather have another midfielder than Heinz Ike. I think there was uh, Jason Anderson had a post up right after the game, looking at what, uh, what the stats have looked like in those two formations throughout the year. Uh, goal differential is certainly one. Let me, let me find that. Give me your thoughts while I look for that, Ted. What do you think? That's the way to go. I don't think so. I mean, I don't think Heinzeich was the issue. I don't think, I think they had, I think they had, you could maybe count one bad breakdown, I guess, defensively. But to me, that was more, I, I mean, at, to me, that also looks like, I, I have to go back and look at their yellow cards, but that second goal, there's a way to stop that. It's find the you know nearest player goes, foul the other attacker, take the yellow, um, and and you save yourself a goal potentially. Um, that second goal was really just kind of a a, a terrible mistake. Uh, the the mistake on Williams was an individual error. I don't see any issue with that. And then again, uh, Miller makes a pretty bad blunder. Um, really, really, he comes out unless he wants to win the ball. Um, I think his his confidence is for all intents and purposes shot. I I do not. I think that might this might be the last game we see him, if I'm being honest. Because Which is wild, was, considering the, yeah. the confidence that Wayne had in the player to select him to the All-Star game as a coach's selection. And, I mean, granted, Wayne doesn't really care. So if he was doing yeah. this as like a benefit to his own team to give him a boost of confidence, I don't begrudge him that. But it is, like, just from an outsider's perspective, pretty wild. I have the tweet. Uh, and and also, this is going to be, this is going to support your assertion. DC United in a back four, one win, two draws, seven losses, negative 12 goal differential. DC in a back three or five, nine wins, five draws, seven losses, plus five goal differential. So I, I think there is a desire. The, the thought is we lost Lewis O'Brien and we are no longer commanding the midfield in any sort of way. We're not transitioning quickly. We are not putting the ball in dangerous places that are not just wide crosses uh, the, way that the, uh, the way that the midfield is currently humming. And I think it it feels natural to suggest sort of like, well, let's just the formation is a fault here. We need to change it. Um, but I, I think the, the stats don't bear that out. Unfortunately, we're just not scoring goals. Um, we're not converting the chances. And then we are, I think, probably depending too much on those wingbacks who are not the offensively dangerous players you need to have uh, to, to create the chances. They're not Julian Gressel isn't walking back through this door. Mm-hmm. That's just not what's happening. Yeah, and, and and this I mean this gets into I'm going to bring it up again. This is why I am so desperate with seeing Prani out there. I am so desperate for a 
um, for a Ted Cudi Pietro because Ted Cudi Pietro can, will dribble at players. He will go at players. He will try to link up, do quick passes, connects. He will try to bring, uh, give teams some, some chances to think and, you know, cause teams to collapse, which can open up spaces out wide instead of having to hit those long balls. Now you are a little bit narrower and you can suddenly, instead of crossing from, you know, between the 18 yard box and the, um, and the, uh, the and the and the uh, the eighteen yard box and the end line, you are crossing from the eighteen yard box line or inside the box, which is a much easier cross to make. And we saw, I think, actually when they, I can't remember, I can't remember when the Bateke goal happened, whether it was after uh, after the Ted sub or before the Ted sub, but uh, the team played a little bit more narrow, and Mateus Click got on the end line. He was on the end line, plays probably the best cross of the night. And Benteke is able to get onto it, hammers it, should have scored. It's it's really like that. There's literally everybody started yelling at him. And I'm like, what do you want him to do there? He puts it exactly where he should. And it's a good save or it's a goal because, man, that sure looked like that crossed the line. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. Uh, I think RGNDC has Rooney given up. I don't know. I don't think so. Um, and then also he's asking, uh, should DC just start playing young players instead of playing veterans? It isn't getting any Soon. results. Soon. I think we're, we're we're approaching that we're approaching that time very very quickly. Yeah, we'll see what I mean. Honestly, uh, the team has talked about this kind of homestand. Now it's four games in the next five. If they win all those games, I don't think you'll see much change. I mean, obviously, then we're talking about a completely different team. Correct. This is this is I I think the the Philly game. You walked into it thinking, well, we could still lose this game. Now it's coming up on you've got Chicago, who you're fighting with for a playoff spot. You've got an away against Charlotte, who you're fighting with for a playoff spot. Home against, I think then you've got home against San Jose. West Coast team, West Coast is not very good. Again, also traveling cross country. I mean, you need nine points. These need to be nine-point games, in my opinion. Um, I'll maybe take seven if, if, if it's a draw against Charlotte or something like that. Sure, I'll take that. Um, that'll be fine. But you need to start picking up some wins, especially at I, home. I am I am not future casting at all. I am I am uh, full of dread until Benteke scores a goal. Yeah, I, I'm not thinking about playoffs. I'm I am more in the mindset of like, all right, so in three weeks when we have no wins out of those out of those nine points, how many minutes? How many games is Christian Fletcher going to go? Ninety minutes. Hopefully, all of them. I'd like to see him in all of them. Mm-hmm. Same for Ted. Uh, I'd call Matai back. Jacob Green. Like really, like because I think that I think at that point I missed playoffs. There is absolutely no reason to bring Wayne back. You mm-hmm. you, you you shut that out, and then you say I I think right? if they miss I think if they miss playoffs, I think I think you will see, I think you will see An Exodus. You will see Wayne Rooney is has been relieved of his duty as manager. Go on, go ahead, buddy. We're 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 already thinking next year, and I think you'll see Carl Robinson promoted as interim coach for the rest of the year. And that oh, you be, think you think as soon as the as soon as the as the, soon the as the magic number hits, hits, that's it. Hmm. I do. What 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 is the point? I mean, you are you going to bring him back after if they miss the playoffs? Did he no. do enough to say that you would that you would bring him back? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. No. I'm saying as far as you know what his commitment would be to see the season out, and I, you know I don't think this ownership this ownership has not made firings to make fans happy since Ben Olsen was fired. Mm-hmm. Everything else has been for other reasons, and that's why you would let Wayne go earlier is to give give the fans a pound of flesh and say change is coming. Yeah. I think those just say we owe this guy money to the end of the year. You're gonna have coach till the end of the year, and that's that's all there is to it. 
Yeah, this leads actually, I think, into a question we got on our Discord um, from Ryo77. Will Wayne have a Benny-like resurgence at his next club, or is Rooney actually a bad coach? I think I think Rooney, there there are a lot of similarities I think you can draw from Ben Olsen as coach and Wayne Rooney as coach, especially when they've been first starting out. Um, they're both, I think, very good at uh, player management. I think they're good at motivating. Um, you see all players, you know, want to come play for him, happy with him. I don't think you see really any of those complaints, you know, of working too hard. I think he's certainly a player's coach. Uh, tactically, he is still figuring it out. And I think tactically he's still, I think this game is a perfect example of a, of a coach that still doesn't, still doesn't quite understand tactically what he has and tries to do things that I don't think fit. Um, I also will say, I mean, it seems like, I mean, we talk about the Assad playing in there. Um, you've also signed a, a striker in Ferrado. Why not give him a run out there? You give Emil Assad, who's given you nothing this year. There does appear to be, and we've seen it now. People talk about Pines versus Birnbaum. We see people talk about how if you were on his team in 2018, uh, he seems to show some preference to you. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I'm I'm reading too much into that or anything like that, but it's it, that that's what it felt like when I saw Assad out there. I'm like, what's the commonality here? Because Assad has done nothing to say that he deserves to start. The commonality is he played in 2018. I don't know. That, that's just kind of how I felt. I don't I, I, I don't know about all. the. Uh, I think the thing that I think most about Wayne is Wayne's value to a team was much higher when he was still playing, not just because of his skill set, mm-hmm. but I feel like his playing brought the levels up around him him coaching does not yeah. appear to do that and that i mean it makes sense it's somewhat logical i think uh inner miami is better better with Messi as a player than he than they would be as him as a coach it just doesn't doesn't get the same juice uh being managed by the legend versus playing with the legend so i think i think i think he has not given up per se but it's the the zest is gone i i think mm-hmm. there there is certainly no enthusiasm and there shouldn't be the, the performances have been crap and it's just not been – he was disappointed with the transfer window. He's disappointed with Taxi. He's disappointed with the coach, with the with the refereeing in the league. He, he's not having a good time. I think yeah. he's ready to – he's ready to go home. And, you know, I'm, I'm ready for that to happen too. I'm ready for what the next step is going to be. I want to – can we talk about sort of the – I think we mentioned Burnbaum. Do you want – how do you want to do this? Do you want to talk about the game or – I think we've sort of like – Stripped a few. I, I mean, I mean, it's. Uh, I think. I think. I think. I think we we've said everything we need to say. Uh, let's just mention great goal from Tech Cudi Pietro. I mean, just a, goal of the week nominee type of goal. I don't know if it actually was, but yeah, I don't think. I think the a junk a goal in a garbage goal, so to speak. I um, wouldn't get it, but I mean, I think it it shows the promise he has. It shows the ability he has. Um, I'm I am excited. The exit of Taxi. If the exit of taxi has meant anything and it means that uh, that we other than, you know, the statement, the strong statement against racism and, and racist remarks, obviously, but from a from a team perspective, if it means that Ted Kudu Pietro can kind of use these next few games to make that next step um, and you can see him get goals, you can see him get assists, link up with Pirani and give us some sort of a foundation where we can say, OK, we may not have made the playoffs. Rudy's gone. Maybe we got a new GM or a new director of soccer operations. I Fingers don't know. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, I'll get into that a little bit too. Of kind of, I think I think there might be some some hope there um, if this goes south. Um, but anyway, um, you know, maybe but maybe there's something you can kind of build on uh, with this team. So, 
I think the GM question is links up to the next thing I want to talk about. So uh, after the game, obviously very disappointed, angry mm-hmm. fan base is tired of losing, tired of having little to no hope or organization or thoughts of the future. Uh, Steve Birnbaum and the rest of the team goes over uh, to clap the fans off as they do, win or lose. Um, and uh, he got sort of yelled, uh, not my captain, by some of the supporters groups. F-bombs flying at him. Um, there's a, I mean, listen, there is a lot of anger at Steve Birnbaum because he is the name that people still know. This team has turned over so much. He's the only guy that's left from him and Andy. From from the from the good old days, or they did him, Andy, and maybe Chris. I don't know, but if you're looking for a token to get mad at on the field, that's who you're gonna that's who you're gonna yell at. It's his fault because he's been there. We have looked at the stats. People don't care about the stats. We have looked at the other the other holes in the roster, the other leaky the other leaky elements on the boat. People don't care about that. Uh, he has become sort of he's become the he's the target. Scapegoat. Yeah, scapegoat. And he's getting older. He's slower. He's not as good as he used to be. Undeniable. Mm-hmm. He's not the problem. Uh, and I and I think that you know I I read this. I wasn't. I heard about this after the fact. People are going to do what they're going to do. People are mad. They're going to lash out where they want to lash out. I, I lash out where it should be happening. Lash yeah. out at the front office. Lash yeah. out at ownership. Lash out if you're going to lash out to anybody on the field. Lash out at Wayne. Like the, the, the players are doing what they can do. I understand there. I've seen in other places. People are still mad about Steve's role in the, the last coach being fired and sort of hit. I, I think that's play that's playing into it. I think there's a, there's a lot of things. I, I feel like it's kind of, I don't know if it's like an associative issue, but you know, obviously he reported refused. If you don't know the story reported when Hernan Lasada was still coach reportedly refused to travel for the open cup game. Did want to travel for the open cup game. And I, I am I, I think Lasada had burned a lot of bridges up until then, and probably if he had said fine, I will go, still would have been Lasada still would have been fired after that game. I think it was pretty clear at that point. Um, but you know, I, I think he gets pulled in for a lot of the blame there. Um, I think he his comments after the game talked about wanting to have fun, uh, which did not sit well. There were also I, I think there were some fans. I think a little bit unfairly. Uh, I think at a, I think it was at a meet the team event. Um, there's a lot of projecting going on with him. It's like, oh, he doesn't look like he wants to be here. Some people, uh, I'm sorry to say, you know, yes, does it maybe is it his favorite thing to do? I think there are some players that can mask it better than others. And He's I don't enjoyed think- it in the past. He has yeah. enjoyed it very much in the past. Would you want to be around this team right now? Would you <laughs> want to after that performance go and then face the music? No, not yeah. absolutely you wouldn't. It's human nature. Yeah. And, and so, and, and I think the, there were the late, I think the latest thing might've been, there were some comments. There were some comments that were made about RFK and my response to about how he said, Oh, he, 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 he didn't like RFK. And, and my response to that would be, okay, yes, all of us loved RFK. We love to go to lot eight. We love to go to the games. Steve Burbob saw none of that. He had to go do a job there. Steve he, worked he there. To, he, had right. to, he, he had to travel around to all these other stadiums getting built, all these other new, new weight rooms, seeing all these facilities. And then he had to play at RFK from 2004. Cut the guy some slack on that. Okay. Yeah, cut the guy some slack. I think it's the different, uh, you know, Steve I'm Birnbaum sure is you, not. I'm sure if you asked him, he had tons of good memories about RFK, by the way. Sure. 100%. Steve Birnbaum has not been Olsen. He's not going to be, he's not going to be the, he's not going to embody the club in that way as, as a Bill Hamid who grew up. 
Steve went to college in California mm-hmm. and grew up out there and got drafted here and has played here his whole career. That's his tie. He's my, I believe, I believe met his wife out here. Maybe not, but like has, has made a family out here and it lives out here and is, his, his whole professional career is here, but he's not going to have the same fan connection that you're going to have. He's not going to bleed the club the way he's the captain and he, and he, his commitment is to his teammates uh, and, you know, the team in general, but it's just not going to be that way. And if that's what you're looking for from him, you're going to be disappointed. There are, yeah. by the way, when he leaves, there's no one else that's going to be that either. Like that, that doesn't exist anymore. This, this club doesn't have those. Uh, but anyway, people, I'm, we're not, we're not tone police. We're not, you know, uh, scolds. We, and when we say we, we, I understand where the anger is. I understand, totally understand where it is. I think it's being direct. I think we're, we both think it's being directed maybe incorrectly. And yeah, fire Casper. Yeah. There should be a chance of Casper out in when when we lose games like this. There should be signs brought into the stadium, even if they get. Um, They'll be confiscated, but worth a shot. Give it a give it a go. Yeah. And hey, that's make that a story. <laughs> that becomes a story. If you start bringing stuff in and it's getting confiscated, you make that a story. And it becomes it. It, it honestly, the I, I will say, I, I think there needs to be. And I know it's it's very easy to me say sitting here in Lynchburg, Virginia, you know, not going to games regularly. But I think there needs if you want to see Dave Casper gone, I know there's the online, there's the Twitter pressure. There needs to be real in, in fan stadium pressure that's brought. There needs to be chance of Casper out that get reported. There needs to be real anger, not directed at Steve. If that's what you want to get changed, it, it starts at the top. And that's what you need to do. Yep. And also, I will say I'm I'm here for the Ben Olsen revisionism that's going on in the DC oh, yeah. fan base. I love it. Uh, I think longtime listeners of the show will know that Ted and I were the last ones to abandon ship. Uh, and at the time, we took a lot of shit for it. And I think that now people are seeing there are there were reasons for for certain at the end he was burned out on it and he needed to leave. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't that he was just a horrible coach. And like it was a matter of just get somebody else in there. And we're going to start winning trophies again. Uh, evidence, evidence points to the direction. And he's doing very well in Houston. I don't really care how Aaron Ahn's doing in Montreal. That's not really, I don't have the commitment there. I don't have the, I don't have the emotional he's, commitment. He's doing okay. I think for him, it's going to be, can it, can it last into next year? Right. He's, getting, Aaron, he's uh, getting the Houston, same, he's getting the same praise as he got when he was here at DC. Right. Um, Houston's in fifth. They are outperforming expectations. Uh, and and people are getting to see like there was a, people were going wild about, too. They'll be in Champions League next year too. People were going wild about Ben like pumping up in front of the fans at the at the end. That that's him, man. Like you're getting to see that, and uh, it's stark to see sort of what it is now here, right? Like that's that's not Wayne. Like that's that's the, there's no reason to do it right now. We're not there's not providing the reasons to do it, but like it's just different. There's yeah. a, the difference between somebody who bleeds the club forever for his whole adult life and, and, and is part of his, you know, whatever. But yeah, that's, it's just, it's different. Yeah. So somebody, it, we've gotten two questions about the Donovan Pines. So we yep, should probably go ahead. address that. Uh, you got to pay the toll of that, uh, <laughs> which I think is a troll reference. We have, to, have you discussed why Donnie Pines isn't getting playing time? Somebody else asked, uh, why Steve Birnbaum instead of Donovan Pines or why is Rooney stopped playing Pines? There's no reporting. There's yeah. certainly no reporting about it. Uh, there's no, he's on an injury report. Uh, I, he wasn't making 
conventional Donovan Pines mistakes before he was sort of sent to the bench? Mm-hmm. Don't know. I don't think I, I bet it won't be too long until we see him again, but clearly I think what they were trying to go with, with, with some continuity from week to week to see if that would sort of tighten up the back, just having players who are playing with each other every week, but hasn't been the case. So I think it's certainly, I think after a three goal performance, you might see him uh, in, in the next game. I think, I think it was more of a, I think you're right about that. I think it was, I mean, we're seeing, I think we're seeing, Rooney may re- rely a little bit on experience, uh, maybe seeing what he has to in in a guy like uh, in a guy like Braden Hines. Like I don't know, we'll be cur- I'll be curious to see what changes we see come out. I think we could see. I think we could see Pines possibly step in for Williams. I think after his mistake, um, I could see something like that. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting uh, interesting week coming up. Also, uh, by the way, Chicago on short rest. They will be playing at home against Vancouver on Wednesday. So. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Let's <laughs> see if that makes a difference. Um, Jason, score bust. Yeah, Jason, also from our Discord, by the way, you can join it. Look at our uh, Twitter page, top link, click it, join it. Have some fun. We have, we have some good discussions there. Um, if you had to pick between either a stronger, more committed youth pipeline, better scouting to pull players from overseas, which is the better route for fixing this roster, Perkendo uh, Los Dos on, on that front. Um, I would say uh, a stronger, I mean, honestly, if you had to pick one, I'm, I want the stronger youth pipeline. I think that's what so I, I want. Yeah. Number of reasons, right? Like I think uh, it costs less. Costs less. Mm-hmm. Uh, it pays you dividends down the line in the form of resale. It gives you an identity. It gives you long-term cohesiveness. The other stuff is a, is a dice roll because everyone's trying to do that. So, you know, we've talked about it before, like where we want to see this team develop itself is be somebody, be somebody yeah. consistently. The the hype around Ted Cudipietro, the hype around Donovan Pines amongst the fan base, at least again, purely online discourse, is so much hype higher than even the hype, like the hype around any hype around Pirani. I mean, and, and again, you know, that can change when they go out and sign big players that they spend twenty million dollars on a signing, you know, then obviously that changes things. But just I think in this area in particular, you know, we do have a certain affection for stars that sort of we get to see grow up. We get to talk about, uh, you know, we talk about Ovechkin with the Capitals all the time. We talk about Tom Wilson right now, I think is sort of the new in that new frame, Uh, Nick Backstrom as well. Those are players that came up from draft picks that stayed here, that grew here. And I think DC and we talk, DC talks about it as well. We've talked about it. I mean, uh, Bill Hamid, reason, big reason, Bill Hamid and, and Don and Bill Hamid and uh, Steve Burbaum are having, I would say similar career trajectories as far as where their skill is and where their skill is now. Um, but you're not seeing anyone show any ill will towards Bill Hamid. It's all love for Bill Hamid uh, because he was an Academy guy, because he grew up here, because he was immersed in the culture. Um, and because he, he left before his decline was, was, was continued on a week to week basis. Yeah. I think if Bill was coming and letting, if Bill came in and was having Sergio Romo level performances, I think, I think the, the pitchforks would be out. For him as well. By the way, Bill Hamid unattached has left uh, Memphis. Yeah, uh, and is now. I think that might be it. I would be surprised if there's another another step there. But who knows, Bill? If you're listening, and we know you do, let us know what your next steps are. We'd love to. We'd love to talk about that. Brendan Cartwright um, asks: Is Jeremy Gurea going the going to the uh, Antonio Bustamante route, which was the name I was trying to grasp for <laughs> last week, and I was like, the guy. Who plays in Bolivia? He had a brother also. Son- yeah, yes, I, I think so. I think he has not. He's not been, and certainly, 
this is maybe a good question for our next in line uh, uh, friends. Uh, he has not seemed to impress for Loudon. He's not an every every week starter. And if he's not able to impress on that level at this point on subsequent years, that might be a challenge uh, yeah. for him to move anywhere else. He might be let go. 20 years old. Um, so so yeah. it was Bustamante, I believe, might have been 21 when they let him go. Yeah. Well, I, I think that's going to be a certain way to see. He has, he has 28 matches so far in 2023 for Loudon. So he's still making appearances. I would be, I think the next in line folks would be the ones to answer that. Who you can talk to on our Discord if you got questions about Loudon and what they're seeing. They they follow that team pretty closely. They're they're great guys to talk to about that. All right, folks. I think that is I think that's gonna do it uh for this uh for this week's episode. Um hopefully better better days lie ahead. Obviously, next week will be the holiday weekend, so we will see we will see what our show schedule will look like. We all have plans, we all have things we want to do, we are working the working stiffs of the world and we get a labor day that the United States has blessed us with one day. That's all they give us one day. One day. One day we'll quit our day jobs and only be the podcaster for the perennially uh, middle of the pack. DC United. Yes. Uh, perennially, please. The middle of the pack would be an improvement. I know you're right. I was, I was, I was giving the, I was going silver linings on it. Well, we didn't talk about two and maybe before we get in, I did want to say, I think, I've, I've kind of thought about, I, we talk about the trajectory of what Ben Olsen had. So Ben Olsen, both Ben Olsen and Dave Casper exited the RFK Stadium era. Both of them, I think, have were, Ben Olsen certainly was given a chance. He was like, all right, that was crap. We're going to get you the team you want. We're going to do what you want to do. And we'll see, we'll see what, you know, for all intents and purposes, they did. They went out, they signed Wayne Rooney, they brought in talent. Didn't work out. And maybe for reasons, you know, obviously we sort of made clear, didn't work out. They then tried to give him another rebuild. It didn't work. You're entering sort of a similar thing right now with Dave Casper. He got Ben Olsen. They said, okay, you haven't had an opportunity to go out and find a coach. Go find your coach. They went out and they found um, Renan Lasada. Crashed and burned, didn't work out. Then like, all right, we're going to do the whole assistant coach part of the, you know, with obviously the rebuild there. Now we're in sort of our second era of that. And that might've been, I, I think there's still questions whether this was a decision from the front office, whether this was a decision from ownership. I think you would be hard pressed for Dave Casper to not maybe be on board with this. They went out, they signed players. I think he has been given the full reins of the transfer market. Wayne Rooney has said he's upset. I'm sure he's expressed this maybe to ownership. I don't know. I am, I am not unconvinced. I have to think. If this does not happen this year, if DC misses the playoffs and Dave Casper is not fired, then I am with everybody else in saying that he's never going to leave. I think we are close as we ever are going to get with how bad things have gotten in the transfer market, how bad the management, the direction, everything about this team is just a complete mess. You would have to be absolutely blinders on. And I know so many people criticize the ownership. They say, oh, they don't care. They're just in it for the real estate, everything like that. If they didn't care, they could easily be like Steve Kroenke. They could say, nope, we're not going to spend any money. Here, you get you know, $2 million to go buy a couple DPs. That's all you get, or $5 million or however much you get. Um, they would not be putting the investment that I think we're seeing them put into if they did not care at least a little bit and understand that a better team also grows your valuation, by the way. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're fourth in spending, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they spent so, money. They spent money. Rich people don't like to waste money, so if they're going to spend it anyway. It costs you very little to put a new decision maker in place and say, give, "Let's give it a let's give it a shot." The problem for them is that they don't trust themselves on the hiring front. 
yeah. from a from a front office perspective. They've been burned from their perspective twice. They got burned with Lucy Rushton, they think, and they got burned with Hernan Masada. Uh So and they have a, they always talk about having to bring in an, an external firm to evaluate those things. Because I to to I think Jason Levian's credit, like he's like I don't know, like this is not my this is not my thing. I don't have a guy that I trust, a right hand man here other than. Dave Casper, and if I'm looking to replace Dave Casper, uh, I need somebody else to help me out. So, yeah, I think you're. I think you're right. I think they do care. Um, to your point, like it could very much easily. It could. It could. Uh, the transfer window could look a lot different for us. I mean, granted, the players that we got in aside from Pirani are kind of in that vein, kind of in like the the spare parts vein. But that's not typical. Benteke. Uh, you know, that is not a spare part, really. Um, honestly, yeah. honestly, go go out. What I want to see, what I'd love to see this team do is go out and, and, and be bold. Go grab, honestly, shoot. There, there, there's, a, there's a certain coach. There's a certain coach that he might still want to coach. But I'm wondering how, after how much, after the Toronto experience, how much he wants to coach. There's a guy, Bob Bradley, who I think could be a excellent coach director of soccer operations, a guy who can bring that identity, uh, who knows what to do as far as that is in there, go out and grab him. I don't know. Be bold. Do something. Um, because right now, sticking with what you got, I would honestly, I appreciated the Lasada move, even though it didn't work because, man, it at least looked like the team was trying something different and new. It was outside of the box. And I think Bab Bradley would be not outside of the box. I think, I think it would be bold still. I think it would get people around the league talking. I think it would maybe show some seriousness. I think, I think it's evidently clear that the problems in Toronto extend far beyond Bob Bradley. For sure. Um, and I just think, honestly, I just, I would, I think he would, they we would benefit from him. I don't think he's an awful coach. I think, He's been in some bad situations, both at Swansea and at Toronto, um, that have that have maybe hurt things a little bit. But I mean, he was still very successful in in LA. I don't know. I think I think there's there's the player out there. Honestly, I mean, I mean, you can go and be aggressive, and you can go find somebody. Um, you know, pull, do a coup, pull something that would that would shock the league, that would make the league turn and stay focused. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, I think this this off season is obviously the big question is going to be: Is Rooney going to stay? Um, I would say at this point, I would say probably not. Even if this team squeaks into the playoffs, unless there's some sort of magical MLS Cup run that comes with that playoff, doubt it. I think he's 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 finished. He's finished here. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of a last aside. I felt like I needed. Felt like we needed to talk about it and say so. Um, anyway, I think that's going to do it. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're on the live stream, stick around. We're going to talk to Spirit next. If you're listening on our United 96, go check out Kindred Spirits. We talk Washington Spirit and everything like that. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.